0: This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the Business Station.
1: It is 5:07. You're listening to the evening edition with Lynn and Chamila. First up, A question that I was going to say has no easy answer, but I think it might actually depend on where you land on this, right? But we're talking about independent candidates in GE15. So really, the question here is, are they noise-making vote splitters or are they stalwarts of democracy? We're nothing but not dramatic here. <laughs>
2: um, no, but honestly, it is a very relevant question with this upcoming GE because we are going to be seeing the highest number of independent candidates contesting four parliamentary seats, uh, 108 candidates. Meanwhile, GE 14 only had 24 independents. So it's a pretty big leap. And, um, these, uh, e- essentially what, uh, there are a couple of interesting things there are the independents who are the true independents um, then there are the independent candidates who were dropped from their parties so for instance Parang Besar's incumbent Dato Zahidi Zainul abidin is running as an independent after BN dropped him local Amno member Mohamed Rosni will be running as an independent at Tanjung Karang um, uh, as protest after BN dropped incumbent Tan Sri Omar and Tian Chua who's contesting in Batu who was also dropped from PKR so um I think when we look at the the names running, and then of course you have people like Siti Kasim who comes from an activism background, uh, and there's been a lot of support expressed, but more significantly pushback as well towards these candidates, particularly over accusations
1: of vote splitting. So, vote splitting has been a perennial thing that gets lobbied, right, at independence, but maybe never more so when you are, in fact, an independent who was formerly from a party and, and you're back and you're a familiar face, and, and there are all these things to factor in. Uh, but I think this time round, it is also complicated by the fact that you mentioned Tian Chua, you mentioned Siti Kasim, and they are part of a 10-corner fight. Even saying it sounds a little bit ludicrous. Batu
2: is getting soap operatic, honestly. Yes,
1: um, so they're all contesting in Batu. And out of 10 candidates, actually four of them in Batu are independent. And so I think that speaks to the amount of mm, perceived noise that can be added by having this many candidates. Um, the vote splitting, infighting, all of that is is also relevant. The other part, and you made a distinction earlier, Sharmila, You know, we can agree or disagree about what a true independent means, but I think the person who is often considered a true independent is someone who just feels that they cannot be, or, or their position cannot be represented by a party, and therefore it would be unethical to join a party and be forced to toe the party line when, in fact, they don't agree with it. That instead they want to, and this is the most, I suppose, romanticized version of it all, right? They want to be able to independently represent their constituents. Um, But those people are often also the most underdog of underdog, right? They don't have party machinery. They are often uh, lesser known faces. So I, I think when we talk about independent candidates, it's very hard to clearly discern, even when we say whether we think they should or shouldn't run, what value we think they have, between the people who are known quantities and the people who aren't
2: and in a larger sense right the um a lot of our malaysian pushback against independence um is a very specific thing but we can and i think uh, is often argued that they are a part of what running for elections means in a democratic process that Ideally speaking, anyone who has a platform um, and who feels like they want to represent the people should be able to run and should be taken seriously as a candidate. So I I, I sometimes feel like this conversation often paints independent candidates uh, in an unfair light, because what do you do if you have a set of principles or uh, ideals, but they don't match up with the big players in the game?
1: So, considering the fact that, uh, as we said earlier, the GE15 is going to see the highest number of independent candidates contesting for parliamentary seats, 108 of them, uh, we'd like to note do you take independent candidates seriously? When you're at the ballot looking at all the options or before that, when you are thinking about going to attend Chiramas or looking up your candidates, do you take them seriously? Are they part and parcel of your voting experience? Uh, call us, 7733-2900. Send a voice note or WhatsApp, 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. After this, we're going to be joined by Arina Najwa Ahmad Said, who's a senior analyst at Bar Group Asia. Keep it here on the evening Edition. BFM 89.9.
0: Be firmly motivated. BFM 89.9.
1: It is 513. You're listening to the evening edition with Lynn and Sharmila. We're starting off our show today by talking about independent candidates in GE15 because there will be 108 of them. And uh, we're asking you, what do you make of them? Noise mating, noise mating, noise making vote splitters or stalwarts of democracy, an important part of the process. Uh, do you take independent candidates seriously? That number to call if you'd like to weigh in is 7733 2900. Send a voice note or WhatsApp 018 Seven eight nine double eight double nine, and tweet us at BFM Radio. Now, joining us on the line to talk about this is Arina Najwa Ahmad Syed, senior analyst at Bauer Group Asia. Arina, thanks for speaking
0: with us today. No, thanks, thanks for having me.
1: So, uh, as we've been saying, one hundred and eight independent candidates this year. Uh, what do you make of this? How does it compare to previous elections?
0: Yeah, so this is unprecedented. I think this is the highest amount of candidates Malaysia has seen in the general elections. Um, In GE14, we saw about 24 candidates and in GE13, we had over 79 candidates. So this is definitely a new thing for Malaysian politics.
2: And what has led to this increase in numbers?
0: I think there could there are a few factors. Um, one is obviously there are politicians who are unhappy with their party, so they felt that it was better to go on their own, or they were unhappy that they didn't get the seats that they wanted, because of course a lot of parties are also not fielding new candidates, so obviously some of the old candidates have to be sort of pushed out. So that could be one factor. Um, the second could be a shift possibly towards personality politics um, over party politics as we've seen over the years some people are very frustrated with what has happened um, since 2020 um, so they could be responding to just you know what the people want so they throw their hat in their ring to try and create the change that they want to see lastly it could also be um, you know due to the recent anti-party hopping law that's been put in place so some people might be a bit more conservative they don't want to join a party yet they've joined as an independent and maybe negotiate um, for something with with the coalition that's going to from federal government.
1: Now, when we spoke about candidates last week in general, uh, many listeners expressed concerns that independence lead to more noise, they potentially lead to a splitting of the vote. Um, how would you respond to this?
0: Yes, of course. I think there's definitely a risk um, of splitting the vote, um, And in circumstances, especially right now, where there's no clear majority um, within, you know, where there's no dominant party um, and where these votes will align will matter a lot. Um, there could also be a lot of confusion caused because of all of the new parties, right? Um, especially to first-time voters or those who haven't been keeping track. I mean, who, who can blame them? Um, and it, it become, if, if the matters are made more complicated because can, if candidates don't really push a proper manifesto or a clear manifesto because they're so crowded right now, so these things could be drowned out. Um, I think what happened in the U.S., when we saw Hillary Clinton versus Trump, there was also a discussion on whether, you know, third party or fringe parties actually diluted the vote causing Hillary Clinton the loss. On the positive side, Malaysia's democracy is more robust uh, because of it. Uh, The yet has a lot more power than they realise right now, especially due to the automatic voter registration.
2: So what demographic of voters do independent candidates usually pull in?
0: I would say the younger voters or first-time voters, I think at this juncture they would probably scrutinise the candidates a lot more. Um, They're also trying to form their own opinions away from their own families I mean, and towards that shift, and they could try to be rebelling um, against what their families. Um, have also been used to, you know, voting for. I think there was a study by um used to of Institute that showed that there were a lot of uh, rebels within various national households and then they would vote for, you know, the more conservative ones will go for pre National while the more progressive or liberal ones will go more towards Muda or Pakatan Harapan. So I think these candidates that will scrutinise the candidates a lot more will probably, you know, look at these independent candidates.
1: So we were talking earlier about the, uh, you know, different, Types broadly of independent candidates that are out there, and if we look at the ones who are running, um, how many of them are truly new faces to the political scene and how many have branched out of existing political parties?
0: Uh, It's quite mixed at the moment. I haven't been able to tabulate that data. Um, However, I think this could be a test to see which of these candidates are, um, you know, of the independent candidates, can actually win because they're independent. I think previously, I know a lot of people cited Prabhakaran as you know, kind of the standard or you know, an example of an independent candidate winning a seat. However, sometimes we forget that PKR endorsed him. Um, so you know, there are candidates, although they run as independents, they had either strong backing from a party that they used to be from, or they even held a seat before. So I think this election will be a test to really see whether or not an independent, independent candidate um, will be able to secure um, a seat this election.
2: So, speaking of that, then, who are some of the names that stand out to you from this current crop of independent candidates?
0: For me, I think, um, especially within the Batu seat, actually. So, we look at personalities like Tian Chua, um, who is still who's running for an independent seat right now. Um, we also have activists like Siti Kasim. Both of these individuals have had some presence and grassroots um, within Batu, so it will be interesting to see which topples over the other. Um, It will also be interesting to see whether or not personality or influencer politics actually works. So I think you have personalities like Cleopatra also throwing in her hat um, into this seat. Another one could also be within Bentong where we see Wong Tak also from DAP who is running as independent uh, because he had to make way for newer faces uh, like Yang Sofura who's now running as well. So it would be interesting to see these seats and how it plays out during the election.
1: So I'm going to ask maybe a bit of a cheeky question, but who do you think has a shot at taking their seat? At taking which seat? At taking the seat that they're contesting. So basically, which independent Uh, actually stands a shot of winning?
0: To be honest, the ones that actually have strong grassroots support um, because now, especially with what's been happening um, you know, people are tired with people with, with politicians just making promises, um, politicians that don't really show up or connect with the citizens. So I think those that have strong grassroots support and, support and make the effort to go and talk to the people on the ground, I think those are the ones... That will definitely have a shot um, especially they need to put in more effort now more than ever because they need to make their manifestos heard because it's now so crowded um, and you can't just rely on social media to be doing it you need to have the face-to-face interaction so i think those candidates that have that strong support um, will be able to take to be able to win the seats
2: so if we take a step back typically what sort of role have independent candidates played in our political scene
0: i think in independent candidates provide choice um, I think they provide a different alternative or an option towards the citizens of Malaysia. Um, I think Malaysians sometimes can get pretty disheartened if they only see two big parties, um, and you know each party within, be, albeit the government or the opposition, just blaming each other. So the independent candidates can provide a fresh perspective or a different alternative towards uh, Malaysians.
1: And. With so many independent candidates this time around, um, how might it affect the alliances required to make up the numbers once the votes have been counted? I mean, especially considering the anti-party hopping bill has now been passed, which also means that if an independent candidate joins a party after they win their seat, they will yeah. you know, have to vacate it and trigger a by-election.
0: Yeah, I think it's definitely a lot more dynamic right now and a lot more fluid. Um, I think now parties that can potentially form federal government will have to actually make a lot more compromises um, to get these independent candidates on board with them. Um, so I think this is where a stronger, I think we see you know more occurrences of things like the confident supply agreements or MOUs, um, and this is where things will get a lot more complex. So it's definitely not going to be easy are already predicting that we may not even have a government on November 20th because there's no dominant majority anymore. Instead, there's going to be a small majority with a lot more negotiations happening. So it's going to be quite an interesting run um, yeah, during this GE.
2: So what can independents uh, push for uh, that other party members may not be able to?
0: I think the benefit that independent candidates have, obviously, is that they are their own um, you know, party, if you would like. Um, they can potentially push more for unpopular opinions, but that could be necessary, maybe. We see candidates like Siti proposing um, to remove jakeh, which can be quite unpopular, especially for a Malay majority government, a Malay majority population, especially when you talk about very touchy subjects like religion, right? So, but however, there could be some merit, you know, when you're talking about institutions like Jackin, which are heavily funded but sometimes abused. Um, there could be, you know, an element of also fighting for a more localized um, agenda, especially if we see, um, you know, for example, in Sabah, we had a candidate called Marcel who felt that Malaysian politics was to put into that um, there's not much representation of fighting for issues within Sabah and Sarawak, so, which is why he joined. Even though he didn't win previously, he's still throwing his hat um, in the ring again. So this is what you know, the independent party's, uh candidates can actually do, fighting for more unpopular opinions, which are probably necessary, and also a more localised agenda.
1: Irina, is there anything you'd like to leave us with?
0: I think now in upcoming GE, there are a lot of options. Um, I think a lot of people can be confused um, or they may not even be keeping track. So I think it is up to the responsibility of each voter to do their due diligence, really check those manifestos and really push on your candidates to see what they can change for you. So I think you know don't be disheartened because of how complex things are.
1: Irina, thank you so much for speaking with us today. Thank you. That was Arina Najwa Ahmad Sayed, senior analyst at Bauer Group Asia, talking about the the role in space that independent candidates play when it comes to our political scene as a whole, but this GE15 in particular. A reminder, there are 108 independent candidates running this time around. We'd like to hear from you. Uh, do you take independent candidates seriously? That number to call is 7773 You can send a voice note or WhatsApp 18 and tweet us at BFM Radio. Uh, we do have some messages. So
2: Dr. Fadzli says, it's the reputation of the candidate that matters. If um, if the person could bring huge impact in some way when they're elected, then why not? Look at their calibre and their manifestos. Otherwise, those independent candidates just aim to split the votes. Um, you know, it, it strikes me, of course, that as an independent candidate, you do need you do need to prove your commitment to it. Right. It's not just enough to say I'm doing this in protest or I don't like anyone else in my area. Um, if you want to run, I think things like having a manifesto, things like making your principles clear
1: is important. Agreed. Um I I do want to say, though, that with words like reputation, uh, when we talk about independent candidates, I understand. I, I really do understand why it is that we're talking about it in those terms. I also get, uh, especially with the proliferation of independent candidates that come with a fair amount of baggage, why we're looking at it that way. But I also think about someone who's young, or, or not even young, but someone who's new and fresh to politics, who has other experiences, but is maybe just thinking about this time, this is how I want to make an impact, I'm going to throw my hat in. And so when we use words like, I don't know, reputation or um, looking at calibre, uh, I think manifesto is fair. I think assessing their sincerity or perhaps uh, what their ideas are, all of that is fair. But I, I sometimes hesitate because I worry that we're putting an expectation of experience on people who might not have experience. And, and that's not always the way to go, I think, when it comes to independent candidates.
2: Oh actually when um I, I I didn't think of that when you said reputation, but you're absolutely right. And in a way, parties provide a sort of a sheen to inexperienced candidates yes. that an independent cannot capitalize on, right? Uh
1: yes. And then you also don't have the same machinery required mm-hmm. to push your message out there. Uh so you're you're kind of at a double disadvantage. Again, hundred percent. Look into your candidate and, you know, do the research, interrogate what they stand for. But I think you know, not necessarily relying on what they've done in the past, because that might not be the best gauge for an independent candidate. Uh, we also have this from MN, who says, I think independent candidates are a sign of a healthy democracy. It signifies that you don't need to be a career politician or a party loyalist to represent the Rakyat, and if parties aren't paying attention to the concern of a constituent, the Rakyat should elect an independent. Once elected, the system should ensure that independent MPs have the same access and resources that other MPs have to carry out their duties. Actually, that's absolutely true. Um, In fact, uh, there's a related point
2: being made by Sharul that says, um, the previous election, any MP not from the ruling party won't get the allocation for their constituency. That's why all independent candidates get no votes at all. And it is true that until very recently, if you were an opposition MP or an independent MP, you didn't get that kind of allocation, which really hamstrings particularly the independent MPs.
1: Uh, Very quickly, Eric has a question. Does the anti-party hopping law apply to independents Yes, it does. Um, if you run as an independent, you win as an independent, and then you decide, hey, you know what, that party that I didn't want to join before now is looking great. Uh, it does mean <laughs> that you will then have to vacate your seat and there will be a by-election, same as if you were to change parties. So it 100% applies. You're kind of like a party of one. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, That's the way to think about it.
2: Uh, is is Come, huh, meanwhile says, the only independent MP that I know of who was credible and reliable was CY Choi. He was fiercely independent and always defeated the big guns from both government and opposition parties. Uh, stalwart of the Penang political scene, I believe.
1: Ooh, uh, Choi Chi Yu. Um, there is a Jalan named after him, Jalan CY Choi. And he was a part of the socialist front. He was also the third mayor of Georgetown. Um, so that was a fun one. And it does seem, um, looking back at history, that he very much did all the things that Izam's talking about. Right, standing independently and actually, Mm. you know, trying to champion very specific things.
2: And also collaborating with parties when it was beneficial, but not necessarily compromising his own values.
1: Uh, We also have just quickly this from Norman who says, I hope Siti Kasim and Wong Tak win as independent candidates. I hope this will be the rise of people power.
2: I mean, I I love the phrase people power and I think um, that's partly what an independent candidate can do. They can reaffirm the idea that, Politics doesn't only belong to quote unquote career politicians, or to
1: parties. That's or to parties, mm. yeah. Uh, let us know. Do you take independent candidates seriously? There are 108 of them. So if you do, there are loads <laughs> to to you know pay attention to. That number to call is double seven double three two nine hundred. You can send a voice note and WhatsApp zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine. Tweet us at BFM Radio.